Step one is to record. Excellent. I like that step. Okay. Step one complete. Step two is for your camera to focus. <laughs> step three is for the intro. You ready? Yep, let's do it. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 51 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we're going to talk about the craze of the AR, augmented reality, and VR sets that you've seen in The Mandalorian and all that that everyone's talking about. Can't get enough of. Can't get uh, we'll enough talk about it. that today. Can't get enough of it. But first, Alex, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I'm drinking Miller Lite. <gasps> what are you drinking? As am I. Wow. Yeah. Matching beers. This is embarrassing. Yeah. I should have called you beforehand. <laughs> it's okay. It's refreshing. Um, as you guys know, there's a heat wave in LA. Uh, oh man, California's burning. So we're just doing our little part to stay cool. Uh, yeah. Alex is in his little studio. Is just burning up. Moist. Moist. Uh, usually, I close my door, the garage door, because this is yeah. my garage. Don't tell him it's a garage. Come on. Oh, um, it's a studio. It's your high-end studio. Studio elephant door. There you and, go. Um, now we're learning. But now, it's, it's I can't can't do it. It's too hot. Um, really, Phantom. If you hear fan noise, I'm sorry. It's just I gotta mean, happen. I have AC in my in my apartment going, and I still have a little fan, little computer powered fan pointed right at me. Like I, there's no joke. You just popped up hot. in the case of your computer to have the fan blow on you. <laughs> like, ah, just the, extended it's it hotter. off. So it's, it's actually hotter <laughs> yeah. from that. Oh, oh, I should put the case back on, but no, it's too hot. I'm really pushing out some processes here. Oh, the computer's just going in overdrive. Um, oh, God. Yeah, so Alex has got a new mixer. Um, that's and true. now let's, he thinks. Let's talk about some what's new, huh? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what's new is I got God, a new mixer. It's uh, a Rodecaster Pro, and um, it has these cool buttons, you know, for, for sounds. So... <laughs> So you got the applause for me, and then that's okay. But yeah, I think it'll be good. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So what's new? Uh, so on the um, on the professional business side, uh, we're in the process of making some graphic elements that we'll make available to people for low correct. low prices. Low low. Uh, we're price. talking about. Lutz, we're talking about film grain. We're talking about you know everything else that's already been saturated in the market. We're gonna put our dip our toes in the water and see that's if right. we can come up with something that we like a little better. We're gonna continue to saturate. Yes, because when you know, Both you know color wise saying. and the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna make the 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 ocean more red with blood of <laughs> companies of our Lutz that of aren't that Lutz. great. Yes, that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're doing right now. Yep. That's uh, what we're doing right now. Putting those together. Try, we're going to try and make um, some sweet transitions for people, but uh, man, people don't know. You got to get like C++ programming to get those good transitions. Like, it's oh, crazy. It's, uh, it's crazy. no joke. I, re I started to learn C++ when I think when I was 10 or something. And then, and then I gave up 
I think when I was like <laughs> 10 in a couple days. <laughs> I did C++ in high school and in college. Wow. And, and you still know like, none of it. I still know none of it. Like like <laughs> math, if you don't use it, it just goes by the wayside. That's right, because you were going to be a computer program major. Oh. You were you had right. plans to be more successful than you are today. Much more successful, and, and what happened to that? Live job? in a much bigger house. <laughs> <laughs> but parents uh, were like, "You're oh, going into film instead." <laughs> Wait, you're at USC for computer science, and you're doing what now? What? What? You. You're basically telling us you want us to support you for the rest of your life instead of you supporting us? Yes, mom and dad. Love Not you. only that, mom and dad, but there's a friend of mine named Alex who needs your support too. <laughs> so just make the checkout to cash. <laughs> I'll make sure it gets distributed equally. Um, also, what's yes. new? Uh, Filmshake, yes. yeah. our website builder, you know, sales platform, shaking yep. it up. Um, oh man, I'm not used to this being on video. I just do so many jerky <laughs> movements that I didn't Yikes. think anyone could see before, and now <laughs> now everyone like can I have see. Tourette's. Yeah, all all okay. two people that watch this will see, uh, including yeah. you and I. Yeah, um, exactly. My mom's like, "You got fat, Trevor." <laughs> <laughs> you have a skinny filter on Skype normally. <laughs> um, for Film Shake, we've yeah. created some new templates that are yeah. that mimic the styles of very popular video sales platforms and subscription like platforms like Netflix. We oh. have one, we have one that mimics Hulu's style oh. for a series. And we Ooh. have one that um, mimics Vimeo on demand for selling individual films. Nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. So we're nice. Rolling, yeah, so rolling those out. Check those out when they get released, and then hopefully you guys find it interesting enough that you're like, "Hey, I want to, I want to use this platform to sell my movie." E exactly. Or movies. Movies. Or Singular series. or plural. Or series. Um, yeah. Or series. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, sign up for our uh, newsletter to hear more about that, or sign up for a free trial and just give it a try. Give Let's it. Let's see a what else we. Oh, we're making these cool story cards things. Yeah. Yeah gonna give that a go so basically kind of like guide you through a script yeah it's like story. a story development tool let's drag and drop use it on your computer yeah and you can create outlines and then um create your your character plots and then sort of edit them together into a final script uh format and you know there's little tools for like helping you come up with ideas and all that kind of stuff on there Yep. It's drag and drop, super easy. I'm liking it so far. And we're going to roll that out soon as well. Everything's soon. Everything's soon. Everything's so soon. So soon, Nothing guys. to report soon. at all right now other no. than things coming soon. <laughs> like our logline generator, yes. which that's going to be free, though. I think we're, we're going to give that out for free. It's a little yeah, simple. Yeah, the logline generator. little simple thing that you just fill in some information. It spits out a logline so that, I mean, in this day and age, all people want to see right away is a logline. They want yeah. to know what it's about in one or two sentences, and boom. Which I'm pretty it. excited about it because honestly, like I hate writing log lines, and I hate I, them. I mean, sometimes when it's when it just comes naturally, it's like okay, it's great, but um, when it doesn't, and you have to like look up, you know, different formats and things, it just can be kind of frustrating. It's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying. So ideally, what's going to happen? And again, we're still putting it together, but um, you're going to be able to fill in certain key points 
and it'll spit out like Mad Libs, almost like Mad Libs. And it'll spit out multiple log lines in different formats and and um, different styles. Um, so you can choose which one you like the best. Keep it. Use it. Edit sell it. your script. Do your thing. Yeah. Edit. Sell your script. Easy peasy. Also, that's new. It's it's uh you know it's uh it's weird in a pandemic when you're on lockdown basically that uh, there's not much new. Uh, no. We're continuing to write our scripts while working on these products and yep. yeah. That's about it. I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy there. No. Um, yeah, that's about it. Just staying cool. So, in that sense, let's move on. Let's move let's on. Move so it. The, the topic move at hand. It, move it. Yeah. What's the topic at hand? Don't Trevor? do. It. Don't don't start sing, singing because then I'll start dancing. Yeah. Please don't. Okay, uh, I'll stop. So, if you guys visited filmmaking, filmmaker central, what like a week ago? Did you put that article out? Uh, yeah, maybe a couple of weeks ago. So if you head over there, you saw an article Alex wrote about this thing called AR Wall, um, and it's kind of a cheaper alternative to the um, uh, kind of uh, explosion, I would say, or like the amazement everyone has of what they did with the Mandalorian, and which is out of the price range of most no to low budget features. Uh, but AR Wall kind of makes it a little more affordable. Um, so I think we just wanted to talk a little bit about the use of AR and VR sets and set extensions and all that and what, how they can be kind of used in um, the no to low budget filmmaking sense. Um, totally. I think the big one that got the start was Oblivion. Um, that was yeah. kind of like, I don't well, know if there's, I mean, I mean, we can go back all the way to the car. Go ahead. Start it off. Tell the history. Well, I'm not going to tell the history, but basically, okay, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, so it starts with rear projection, right? So that's kind of the basis of all this stuff is rear projection. It's an old technique. We've all seen it. And I mean, it's still used to this day. Um, yep. The idea of having a background that is just sort of a blank plate background that is being projected um, onto a screen behind the actors. Uh, usually you see it in, in old movies and car scenes. Um because as you know, if you're going to shoot in a real car on a street, you have to use a process trailer or a car mount. And car mounts, you know, it's a little questionable as to the safety and like regulations regarding that. But like um, nope. normally you'd use a process trailer, which is expensive. Um, and so kind of a cheaper way to do that is with rear projection. Um, and so going back to what Trevor said, Oblivion is uh, a somewhat recent film. When was Oblivion? Trevor, like 2000. Um, Man, let me that? look that up right now. Cause... It's like 2008 or something. 2013. 13? Oh 2013. Well, it was re- when it was released. So I'm okay. sure probably 2011 or 12 when they made it. Yeah. Um, um, so it's pretty recent. And that was yeah. a movie that um, they really wanted to highlight. Well, actually, I don't know if they wanted to highlight. They just did highlight the effectiveness of the new cool Sony digital sensor which was the f65 yeah and it was an 8k sensor um and it it really like soaked up the light so in that movie if you remember they have a lot of candlelit scenes they have like the flashlights and they and stanley the, behind just the scenes, laughed at them the whole time i know i know in the uh in the scenes uh in the behind the scenes footage they talk about how 
you know, there's scenes where Tom Cruise is using a flashlight and they lit the whole scene with just his flashlight and a cup and him like pointing it at white cards throughout the, uh, you know, the shot so that it would just yeah. bounce and, and reflect onto his face and all that kind of stuff. So with that super cool sensor, they employed rear projection for their sky tower um, set that projected like a, a 360 like sky um, background around the moving whole, background. It was, moving you know, background. moving the clouds, blue sky. Clouds. And so the, the, the projection actually lit the actors to a certain extent. Um, so you got this really natural light on their faces that mimic the same colors as like the sunset or whatever that was happening. And also the reflections on all the glass um, had the reflection of the sky and everything. So it just made it look really natural without having to do a whole ton of compositing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So flash, uh, flash forward to 2019, I would say maybe a little bit in 2018. I mean, they've been building this for a while and what everyone's talking about is the Mandalorian uh, and called uh, what ILM calls stagecraft. And they also call the volume. The volume is, I think is the actual room they shoot in and stagecraft is the technology. Um, and it's basically, if you don't know, then <laughs> what are you listening to this podcast for? <laughs> Everyone knows <laughs> what this is. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, it's basically very high definition LED screens that not only give the same effect that the rear projection did with Oblivion, where you have your almost natural ambient lighting. You don't really have to light, uh, match lighting to the, to the green screen environment. Um, oh, keep in mind, all these are, are to no longer have to use green screen and fix and do all this stuff in post, green and blue screen. Uh, this is all to, to be able to capture it live, uh, limit the amount of post work on this. But what Stagecraft and the volume have done is they use Unreal, uh, Unreal Engine, which is a game engine, and some powerful computers, and they basically track the camera, almost like uh, Zemeckis did in Beowulf. And it changes the background for parallax. So it basically is just changing the background as a human eye would in the real world. So Oblivion, they didn't have any of that. So if you turn to the left, the, the, the cloud would look exactly the same from the right-hand side. If you moved over and looked at it the left-hand side, no parallax. But if you look at like a mountain, if you look at it one way and then you walk over 30 yards to the left, you'll have a different view of what's behind it. Uh, you'll have it's well, called probably parents. not a mountain, but yes, mountain. and I think that's why that's that's why um, Oblivion worked okay is because like clouds, you can walk and the perspective of yeah. the clouds don't really change because yeah. they're so far away. But mm -hmm. what this does is creates depth digitally, so you could have yep. things that are closer. So like if the if the screen is ten feet away from your actor, um, you could have supposed digital elements that are exactly 10 feet away and deeper. So like those 10 feet uh, objects in the digital space would move and parallax differently than ones that are really far away. And so yep. it's all sort of tethered to the position of a sensor on the camera. And if you watch the behind the scenes of shooting the Mandalorian, you'll see like, it'll look really weird as it's yeah. recreating the, the background for parallax. Cause it'll look like it doesn't match it'll look like it's just segmented and all that, but in camera, it looks natural, like they're on set. Yeah. Um, and Which so, is so cool. So cool. I mean, and it, 
this is really I remember a long time ago that um that George Lucas had said that like one day we're all going to be shooting major motion pictures in our garage and he also said the and he was talking about this kind of technology during the prequels shooting and now technology has come enough and i think they said the biggest leap wasn't unreal unreal has been around for a while and they've been using it i don't know how when was beowulf oh man that was when we were in college right if not right right after um 2007 wow yeah um and so this idea of like a virtual camera and a virtual set has been around for a while and they've been playing with it. But I think what a lot of people are saying is that now that they are able to create uh, LED panels that have such short distance between each LED, individual LED, that now it can be the qualities there that it can fool the eye into thinking that it's a, like a, a full set. Yeah. And one of the benefits over projection and stuff like that has to do with the refresh rate i'm sure right because yeah. the screens refresh really fast and with the game engine you can get sort of like the 60 frames um and probably higher of yeah. frame rates and all that kind of stuff so you never have this kind of like weird middle frame rate that you're capturing with the camera and yeah and that, that banding or whatever yeah and so obviously i think mandalorian budget was a hundred million dollars or something like that um so obviously, Perfect. that is out of the realm let's just go of, do it. yeah, let's do it. Let's shoot it. I mean, even renting the volume would be out of the realm of a no-budget, low-budget film. Like, there's just, like, if you could even get it, because now everyone's just shooting on it as much as they can. Yeah. Um, but then came along this thing called uh, AR Wall, yes. which kind of does the same thing. Now, it uses, you provide your own screen, either a TV or a projector mm -hmm. and it's basically the technology of the computer that will process parallax um the 3d environments uh using unreal and, and kind of put that in the pocket of a filmmaker that can't afford to rent the volume yeah which is cool i mean it, it costs about ten thousand dollars u.s yeah um, u.s dollars yeah like the, the computer it's a it's the a computer so if you go on their website, it's it's like you provide the screen or the projector. Here's the unit, 10,000 10, to yeah. buy, and then uh, you're good to go. And it comes with um, the camera tracking system as well. Yeah, I yep. believe. And so, it, I mean, it looks it looks almost similar to what the volume is able to do. Yeah, I think the um, only the the difference big time is is the scale of the screen yeah. because. I mean, let's be real. The in order to get like a seamless twenty foot by twenty foot LED screen, I mean, you're spending serious dough. Yeah, and so I think it, it comes in handy if you are wanting to use it as a almost a background extension. Like, I don't think it could be your permanent background. It's like a they definitely tout it as something that's like through a window. Is you know you create this environment right. through a window or through a, a, a view portal or something you build like that. a set uh, around a TV around or multiple TVs. Um, yeah. But I also think you know I do think it'd be possible to get some good stuff with projectors too. If you because you can get really you know high output projectors for you know way less than you can get a huge uh, LED screen for. 
Now that's it's not true. Gonna be, it's so that's super super cheap. You know, yeah. we're talking like maybe five grand or something. But yeah, and so that's actually as like I pull up Google and then just blast me in the face and my lighting <sighs> changes completely. Um, so like, what would you think like a projector? Like, okay, so we have that projection screen, that outdoor projection screen. Yeah. How big is that? Um, I think it's, I think it's 19 feet wide. Okay. Um, so if it's 19 feet wide, what kind of projector would you think would be needed to, to fill it, to fill it with high quality image? Like you'd want a 4k. You know, you wouldn't probably need a fork. Well, it depends, right? Uh, on how you're going to yeah. use it, because if if I was thinking about it, you could probably get away with a really pretty low res um, projection if it was intended mostly for like close-ups, right? Where yeah, the background's blurry anyway. Yeah, and you just need kind of like the reference shapes and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff to be blurry. Um, so in that sense, you could probably get away with it, but um let's see to have like a really high quality yeah i mean you would probably want some type of like well also if you want it to if you want it to like bounce light off and do the whole like lighting deal you're gonna need yeah. a pretty high like probably an, an event style projector like not really a consumer level one i mean yeah, you um, probably want a projector that like they use like we've seen in auctions where they're using it at theaters yeah at theaters or um or uh, for events, conference, centers. conference yeah. centers, like that type of stuff. They have really high output ones. And I think even an yeah. HD one would probably be fine. Um, and you can, you know, yeah, I think those would get for, you could probably get them for like under 5,000. Um, so you're looking at for, for like to buy the system, you're looking at about, let's say 5,000. I think, I think 5,000 is a pretty good one. If you want to get a really good one where you could do, you have no limitations, $5,000 for the projector. Well, the thing about those projectors too that you're you're dealing with is the power consumption because they are yeah. I mean, they're industrial, so they run uh, a whole lot of power through them and you're going to need a space a large space to do it a and then a uh, large enough power supply to handle that. And then also probably the rigging of it, you know, you're going to need some real professional rigging to stick that huge um heavy projector up on your ceiling safely yeah as they say unless you're unless this is a permanent thing you could put it on like a uh almost like a pedestal um some oh sure like in the back yeah, yeah in the back because you're doing reprojecting and all that um so you're looking at five thousand that ten thousand for the ar wall uh system plus the projection screen let's just say for the sake of me not having to do too much math twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand yeah. dollars 20 grand so maybe not for a low budget film to buy the system yeah but now you're talking about being able to go into a sound stage or just a warehouse and rent it yeah or even like like they could probably have it i mean it's so, it's so competitive out here especially for soundstage uh stuff I, i'm sure someone could snag that and like include it just if they rent the space for a thousand bucks a day it's just like an option that you can just have because like uh, it, it'll get That's more true. people in there for the thousand yeah, dollar day I mean, rental god i almost want to hit up our friend rick and tell him like that 
that oh, yeah. stage he has. I'm sure he's got the perfect spot for it. He does. I don't know if he still has it. Um, That's true. He was struggling a little bit, but um, wish, oh man. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing where it's like now you're getting into the realm where people can rent out a soundstage that has this technology. It may not be all encompassing like uh, the volume where it's even on the ceilings. Like they have ambient light, they have LED screens on the ceiling to cast down, you know, sunlight, stuff like that. But you're still looking now at you could go rent. Any, I mean, like you said, if any sound stages wanted to get more business in, just include it in the rental price. Like, yeah, yeah. And that ceiling so, one, I mean, you could easily just put a second projector. I mean, you would need a tall enough putting ceiling. Putting a giant theater projector just straight up, just straight down. You'd have to trust your your engineer to rig that thing. I mean, you could <laughs> so put it on the ground. It doesn't have to be rear projection. That's yeah. true. That's true. And then do the kerning. Do the kerning. Um, that's a good point too. Uh, um, I mean, I think the the I think the, the the great thing about this is just that, especially if you get a big enough screen, is that the lighting is just it uses the lighting from the projector. The yeah, colors it just looks so much more natural. Especially, yeah, I mean, the, we we've done we both have done green screen, um, and you can get good good keys and stuff like that, and have a good background and you can do 3d camera yep. tracking you can do it all in post right yep but that's the problem though there's just there's just i mean Whoa. without like a huge uh experienced team of compositors and stuff making green screen footage look really natural is difficult yeah. i mean it's not you can make like good looking keys pretty easily, but like making it look really natural, like you can't tell that it's green screen yeah. is pretty difficult. And well, so I what's think funny is that that's the benefit of it, this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you still need people to, to build the environments for green screen. So it's, you, you still need that. They'll have to, you're going to get maybe game designers now to build your environments rather than like, you know, VFX artists. Um, so that doesn't really take that aspect out of it. But it's so funny you mentioned about like great keying and all that. I just saw uh, just like something popped up in my timeline. It was the stars of Amazon's The Boys reading negative reviews about their show, right? <laughs> what does this great. have to do with it? Well, love it. You know, it's Amazon, F you money. And again, I don't understand why people do this. But so it's like this, you know, them all in character in their costume and they're just reading these things and all that. And they have a nice little like gradient white and gray background. And you're like, oh, this is nice. But then one of the guys, one of the actors gets all amped up and starts doing like high motion finger, uh, middle fingers, like, you know, spinning around middle finger, jumping in the air, middle finger, like screw you guys and all that. And you could tell it was green screen because it had the green, you know, on movement. You can't cleanly get out that green screen. If you're, right. if you, unless you're paying a lot of money, which well, is, just, shocks yeah. me that they had to do that in front of a green screen. It's like, uh, put it in front of them. Oh. oh, man. I yeah. know. Well, that's just like, so it's that's like, just like refusing to commit. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. Like, why not just, that's like, true. they weren't sure if they wanted white. You know? What color they wanted. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll put um, them in like an environment. We'll decide <laughs> that later. Who cares? Oh God, this is due tomorrow. Let's just put a, a white but gradient. Speaking behind of, it. not to like throw them under the bus, I feel like Amazon is pretty far behind in terms of the quality of the effects on their shows. Like, what is up with that? 
Have you noticed that? Like a lot That's of their true. shows, they seem kind of wonky. Like now, The Boys is probably one of the better ones. But you look at yeah, um, they had a plane crash that looked pretty legit. But some of them, some of them are not great. Yeah, but I'm talking even like, not even like set piece effects, right? Like the ones where, the ones where it's just supposed to like blend into the background to make it look like a 1930s you know setting or whatever. And you're like, what is that? It looks kind of weird. Like uh, yeah. Man in the High Tower. And you're like, I don't get it. Ugh. It's kind of weird. There's something weird about it. Kills it. me. I know uh, that that show is such a good idea, but it kills me with their VFX in that show. And yeah. I don't know why. why I don't they... know. I haven't. I saw like the first season, and they may have mm -hmm. gotten better. I know that was one of the very first Amazon shows, so maybe that's why they didn't want to put like a ton of dough into it. But because they had no idea if it would do well, right? Um, but I mean, like, like that moves us. That moves us into our next aspect of it. Is like. Now people are wanting this. Like Amazon's gonna Amazon is somebody that I could see renting out the volume or building their own yeah. uh, stage like build this. Their because own. Exactly. Because Netflix man, my apologies. I am just burpy today. Uh, yeah. what's new? What else? Netflix is new? Yeah, true, right? Uh, Netflix <laughs> has put in their mandate that they're looking for stories that can utilize this technology. Um, but that's an interesting now, I thing don't too, know. right? What does that mean? Like, yeah. what stories can't yeah, utilize know. this technology? Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why they put that in a mandate, but like everyone's on this on board with this because I think, I mean, did you watch The Mandalorian? I did. Do I liked you it. think? It, I liked it too. I, liked, I mean, me and me are huge fans of westerns, and so yeah. the western thing just really got me. It's pretty good. Do you think it looked? like a larger than a hundred million dollar budget it's tough because we're talking about episodic right like what was the episode breakdown mm -hmm. on that it was like 10 million per episode roughly uh that'd be about 10 million yeah i do think that each episode looked more than 10 million okay so then then you could say that using the volume paid off because they were able to do it get the look they wanted for cheaper yeah because i think so. some of those i mean that sand crawler scene when they're outside or like, or just that, sh like, especially, especially this comes in handy. Like you had mentioned before about oblivion in a show where the main character wears a helmet that is extremely reflective and you can oh, so have good. like the, the actual background screen reflected in his, in his helmet and you don't have to put that in post. Yeah. I think like the true Testament to me, to the technology in that show is that I can't tell you know, what are set pieces, like physical set pieces in the actual space and what's not. Yeah. So to me, that's um, like, win. They won. The I was watching the, uh, I'm a big, huge fan of Star Wars. Alex, not so much. So I take everything that's Star Wars. Um, I was watching, they did like a eight episode behind the scenes, like making of The Mandalorian. And it broke down to like the actors, the directors, because they were four directors so uh no five directors five directors so i think everyone directed two episodes or something like that um so then they did that then they did the technology then they did the story blah 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 and um they said that that episode that bill burson um <laughs> that they had 
the set, you know, when the Mandalorian goes to his old friends and he's like in that like junker ship, like his ship docks in that junker ship. Yeah. They said that somebody came in and they were just showing them around and everything. And like they had some practical set pieces and then behind it, they had the, the screen and somebody started freaking out. Cause like, there's a fire, like there, something is on fire and it was just smoke in the background on the led screen, but it looked so real that they were like, something's on fire. Um, and so, yeah, you, it's totally right. You can never tell it's the technology and the, the crispness of the background image is so good. You cannot tell what is real and what is digital. Yeah. And I think this is a game changer. I mean, I think as it gets cheaper, like, not everyone can afford to build buy an AR wall system, but you can afford to rent it, especially if it's not for the whole movie. If you just need a couple sprawling shots, uh, you know your character up on a rooftop, kind of thing, you could yeah. you could do a a soundstage that has this for a you know a thousand dollars a day. You might it might cost more because you're gonna have to have somebody build that environment, but it well, can only help. Let's also talk about kind of like DIY aspects because you know ar wall is cool they, they're basically providing a turnkey solution which is great I, yeah. i'm glad that there's people doing that but yeah the stuff that ar wall has done i don't believe any of it is necessarily proprietary um it may be so. but you, there are non-proprietary solutions out there that you can do with consumer uh products like the vive or like yeah. even um, PlayStation's like remotes, like those those like Wii type remotes, um, or the Vive remotes. The Vive the Vive has yeah. like tracker things that will track a person. You just put that on the camera, right? You're tracking the person. Exactly. So, like, like you could combine that with Unreal, which is a, an open source like anyone can use type of software, um, and and put together your own system. Um, for, yeah. for way less than $10,000. I mean, basically the cost of whatever the computer is that you um, decide to put it on, right? So, And if we, if we, our big beast was $5,000 back in the day when it was built, right back now. in the day. So I would say $5,000 right now is probably what you'd spend to just to get a build your good, AR wall yeah. to get a good computer that can handle it. Yeah, so I think there's solutions out there. Um, for you if you want to try to like cobble it together i mean that's with a brand new computer i mean we've purchased some used computers with like 96 gigs of memory and and um i purchased a secondhand graphics card for my computer you know my computer costs like a thousand bucks for a pretty decent you know computer so um, that was mostly the graphics card that was mostly the graphics card and it has like xeon processors all the RAM. It's like, I think you could do it for, for less is what I'm saying. Um, if you want yeah, to actually put have the a time and effort who, into it. We have a friend who wants to get into VR is in VR. Um, I don't know how much he's done on environment building, but I guarantee you, we could probably go to him and talk about setting up the system in terms of just tracking. Totally. Um, and it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, it the technology is getting a lot more approachable, and especially like you said, Unreal's free, so you could go download it right now, and mm -hmm. build your environment with tracking and parallax and all that, and good to go. It's, it's good to go. It's just now you just need the space to shoot it. I kind of okay. So here's here's my <laughs> somewhat probably unnecessary dream uh, scenario for for oh, indie man. filmmakers, okay, right? Go. 
I'm just gonna. And I feel like eyes. I feel like you could I I feel like you could get away with this for without having to do any of the the AR VR stuff, right? Here's okay, what it is. Uh huh. Keep going. Okay. All right. Hold you on. Hold spend, on. Let me get let me let me get in the right yeah, mindset. Hold on. Space. Do I need Closing to my some, eyes. Do I need to play some music? Enya, hit me with some Enya. What the? <laughs> so relaxing crickets. crickets. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so here, right, here's the thought. Hit me. You what 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 would you say like a really high price for a location would be? Oh no, I gotta answer questions. You totally pulled yeah. me out of my my zen. Uh, high in locations, so yeah, like you're a, thinking like for a day. For a day, well, okay. So let's talk about the script we're writing um, and the the retirement home that we wanted to shoot in yeah. was six hundred dollars a day, which I would say is very low. So we're talking. Very low. I would say you're looking at about a thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe even more. I think thousand, when when a thousand we shot, fifteen hundred for like big. How much was that White House? That was three grand. That was three grand a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! No wonder that thing went over budget. Um, <laughs> um I'm pretty sure that that's right there is a the perfect example. Maybe it was three grand total. I don't know, but like, okay. So here's my here's my vision, right? Let's yeah. say, let's say. It's three grand a day. Okay. You spend that day shooting wides. Yeah. Right? And then while you're shooting and before like the actors step in, after you've lit the things, mm -hmm. you have a photographer come in and snap high resolution images of the entire location, right? Like with the okay. lighting. So you have that, those like plates, let's call them background plates. Okay. Yes. Then, so you spend the whole day shooting wines. Then you later come back to that scene, perhaps the next day, I don't know, in a location where you have a rear screen uh, projection set up, whether it's a mm -hmm. TV or a projector, it doesn't matter, right? Okay. And you shoot the close-ups yep. and gotcha. the inserts with the high-resolution photos being projected behind them so that basically the thought being that if you have this nice locations that you're you only want to be in for one day but normally it would take yeah. you multiple days you could kind of cheat it with that method right yeah so the only the only problem i see with your dream and this is this could easily yeah, be remedied dreams, but we're also Trevor, talking about as usual let's yep. try it let's see yep it. um is um you know when we're talking no budget low budget yeah pre-production and planning kind of go out the window sometimes because it's just time and money which is just fine i'm just saying just for one uh, you would have to you you don't get as much freedom if you do that because you'd have to make sure that you, you know you don't get the the luxury of changing things on a whim because you'd have to have the right parallax angles you'd have to have the right angles of the pictures now could you fudge it because it's it's blurry in the background because you're doing a close-up absolutely um you know Maybe. But you don't have the Maybe. the you don't have the the luxury of, you know, say when you're using that if you want to move the camera a little bit, you'd have to find a picture that fits with that angle for the background. Unless um, now, unless granted, yeah, you use um, like a panoramic. You have you put the camera like the the still camera where the actors mm -hmm. roughly are. And you yeah. shoot a panoramic of the entire space, assuming that you know. I know some of it will will have like cam like camera gear and stuff in it, but um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, that way it's, it's like a seamless background image. It's like you could just kind of rotate around. True, but you mm -hmm. still, I mean, mm -hmm. if as long as, as long as you're, I mean, if you're locking down the sticks and you're not moving it, if you're not doing a handheld, that would work perfectly. I'm just, I'm just worried about the parallax and like how it would look a little different. Um, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's why I'm specifically saying for the close-ups because it will be, yeah, yeah, you know, blurry, blurry background and all that. And and you know, and the easiest way to fix this is you just, I mean, like you're shooting green screen, you rehearse it so you know exactly you know this is just they're, they're close-ups how much really how crazy can you get with the camera angles and all that with the close-ups and all that so it's like you really don't need that much room to play because you're just kind of living within the camera camera's not moving um it's just you know just locked off shot reverse shot kind of thing so yeah you could get away with it and it would probably be a lot cheaper yeah i think so i mean hell you could even you could even go one further and just just go for a go scout. and ask if you could. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you do a, scout, do a scout. You take all the pictures. You do all the pictures, and then you just say, "Oops, I guess we're not going to use it," and then hope they don't watch your movie. I can't. Yeah, I mean, what? I wonder what that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is like questionable stuff about that. Actually, yeah. because I mean, you do need a you do need to sign the the owner or the manager of the property usually signs a release that you're able to use that property. So right. So that now you could, that. Uh, so that you just come back and say, "Look, we didn't shoot there. We were there for two hours. I'll give you five hundred bucks rather than your three thousand dollars. Let's call it a day." I mean, true. True. There's no one that says I mean, you if can't I was negotiate. A, if, if I was a property owner and somebody came and did, took two pictures for two hours and gave me 500 bucks, I'd be like, fine. Yeah, like, please. Like, that's fine. And then I'd uh, sell the place because that's how it's going to be from now on. <laughs> exactly. You would just start selling the pictures. You just, you own yeah, the pictures you and you license them to films. I mean, that's, oh man. Ooh, wait, now Business we're, okay, idea. okay, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. You start, you just start doing Oh man, yeah. It could be only for close-ups though. Okay, but, man, but that's a good but idea. Here's another, like take it another step further. Okay. If you, I, I don't, I know they're really expensive, so this is not like a okay. a cheap thing, and it's also it requires some skill and knowledge that we don't have. I think I know where you're going with this, but I like it. Go ahead. Okay. You get one of the, you get a 3D scanner, like a lidar scanner. Knew it. That's I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, yep, we're on and you, it. We're and you on the go same scan, page. Yep. You just go scan a buttload of locations, so that then yeah. they can be used in this type of um, AR VR system or not. I mean, you could just use them as stills if you wanted Dude, to. Now we're talking about another business idea. You go 3D scan these locations. Yeah, I mean, because they're already doing it for uh, real estate. You, you know, especially right. now in this pandemic, you don't get tours. You get a 3D scan tour. Yeah. But then, oh, then you get your parallax, and then you get, oh, damn it, damn it, this is good. I mean, Gosh, that would we're be just making millions for everyone out there. Uh, yeah, if you have go, the money to you, do this, you're welcome. Yeah, go out there and do it. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a task. I mean, it's not gonna be easy. The thing about 3D scanners no. is it's not like a, you just run it and it's and it's great. <laughs> you have to like no. you have to really go in and clean it up and like. You get like a bajillion uh, points on your your meshes, so you have to like, you know, make them less intense so that a, a normal computer can handle them. 
um, and all that kind of uh, stuff. I don't know if anything from crime, uh, real life crime TV shows has taught me anything. It's pretty simple, and they find the guy in two days. That's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's always so, in the finger. Say you're doing dust. it for a crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually a really good idea because if you were able to get your location that was three thousand dollars for a thousand dollar studio fee that has your location loaded up on it right or even a like, location like not the, the maybe um, yeah the studio licenses maybe it's like an annual license whatever that covers like whatever productions that come into that studio um for like a library of locations That'd be and because you're you're still doing it like a a, a mix of practical and digital it could be different because you could put stuff practical set pieces in there to make it look different it's just you know it's an apartment like how many apartments are the same but they just put different set dressings right and not only that if it's a digital asset you could change things you know exactly different wall exactly. types different you could have like an apartment that looks pristine and then the same model could be an, a, an apartment that's just trashed because it's got different textures different like all that kind of stuff so basically, in two weeks, we're going to be saying what's new is coming soon. Our 3D scans for for AR wall and uh, yeah. these uh, VR sets. Um, but that's soon, a good guys. idea. I mean, yeah, coming soon. Trust us, coming very soon. But no, that's. I mean, that's where this technology is going. Everything's getting cheaper and easier. Where independent filmmakers are going to be able to utilize technology they never thought possible to shoot things and give it a production value. That just looks above and beyond of what their actual budget is. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to probably get a hundred million dollars for, um, you know, your 10, 10 episode uh, series about from the Star Wars canon. But yeah, you could do uh, make a twenty thousand dollar film look like a hundred thousand dollar film because you have some really sweet, you know, expansive sets that are just projected from a rear projector. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. I feel like we're, we're just at the precipice of what yep. we can do with this type of stuff. And, and like everything, um, I mean, this happened way faster than I was expecting, but like things get cheaper really fast. You know, it's like that yeah. started out as a hundred thousand thing and now it's a $10,000 thing in, in, yeah. in a year and maybe like two years from now, who knows, you know? And in all honesty, I mean, it couldn't have been made possible if the uh, people at Unreal didn't give Unreal Engine for free. Like, there was no if, if they charged what they could charge, there's no way the average filmmaker or no budget filmmaker could afford to do it. But sure. because they have figured out ways to make money their own in other ways, you could go download Unreal right now and build your set, and then you just need something to project it and communicate with your camera in the 3D space. Yeah. And, maybe maybe uh, one day we should to... we should try it. We should try to set up our DIY version, and if we do, we can give sort of like the instructions on how we did it. I'd be down. I mean, we just need yeah, I definitely be down. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk to we could talk to Rick and see if he want would want us to set it up and test it out there. We could just do it in a, in my backyard with like a small projector, just as like a demo, like at night. Yeah, we could. We could. Yeah, actually, we could. Because I have a projector. You can even do it at Maria's with her big backyard, too. There we go. Yeah. Easy. Hmm. Yeah, maybe mm. we should look into that. That'd be pretty mm. cool. Might give All right, that so a stay try. tuned, guys, because maybe... Coming soon. We'll have a 
yeah, coming soon, a DIY uh, version of uh, of how to do it on your own for less than the ten thousand dollars um, <laughs> that AR wall. I, I am curious. Not to say if, that that's right. Not to say that it's ahead. not going to be better than what we create, but I'm just saying. Oh, and I'd I, be curious to see yeah. if like my thousand dollar computer could do it. You know? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much. Because the way that Unreal works is that it doesn't draw what you're look what you're not looking at, so it doesn't make the whole environment first. So it needs to be able to have the processing power, which is why probably what the 10K for the AR wall computer has the power to do to to draw the elements as you're moving the camera, because it doesn't create what's not seen, um, because it just that that's pointless and it just hogs resources. So it just draws it as you move it. It just has to draw it fast enough and not be lagged down. Maybe your $1,000 computer could do it in a simplified version. Maybe not crazy movements. Yeah. Maybe we should try it. Yeah. We should try it. Let's try it. That sounds like fun. We got nothing else to do in this pandemic. Why not? I know. Um, Now's the time. I mean, is that about it? I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can find the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast while you're there. Give us a five-star rating if you are so inclined to do so. Also, if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section and we'll try to answer them. Also, don't forget to head over to fearlessfilmmakers.com to join our growing community of filmmakers and to see us try and fail an AR wall equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Later.